Hey, good morning or good evening whenever you are listening. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Hope Explained podcast. I'm Pastor Jason Hensley, today's host, and I am joined here by our head pastor, Pastor Rick Morris on the left there, and our office manager, Joanna Flores, on the right. Uh, and we have just started uh, last week uh, a new series called She Her. Pastor Rick, do you want to give some of the lowdown on that? Yeah, so this series, um, we're taking a few weeks and looking at some incredible uh, women of the Bible. Um, how God used them, some incredible things that they did. And, you know, the goal is we want it to be an encouragement, not to just the ladies at our church or the young girls at our church, but encouragement to everybody that God can use any of us and he can use us in dynamic ways. And we certainly see this with, you know, some of these stories that we've looked at over the last two weeks. And we'll see that here in the next two weeks as well. Mm. And, and during this series, on Sunday, during the sermon, mm-hmm. you're bringing up some of the ladies on staff yes. to speak into some of those. And so this last week, this last Sunday, Joanna got to do that. Joanna, what did you talk about? Hi. So this last Sunday, we started talking about the book of Esther. And we've had, we have two weeks in on this series, and we had an amazing response from our church and the ladies in our church. They're so happy mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about Esther today and, and some of the stuff that was left on the threshing floor of your sermon, some of the stuff that we didn't, you didn't have time to speak about. And the thing that's great about Esther is, obviously with any story in the Bible, it's about real people. It's about real stories, and you can see some of the their elements of humanity, not just whatever character traits they would want to write into that character. Mm-hmm. And with Esther, you know, when she's first confronted with the, the peril that her people are in, that the Jews are in, they she goes, well, that that's terrible, but what can I do about it? Mm. And then Mordecai says, no, this is what you can do about it. You are in a position to, to do this. And that's where we see her bravery. And, and so what did you, how, how did you play into that with, with the sermon? What's so admirable about how she approached that situation? Well, I think sometimes, um, unfortunately, other people believe in us more than we believe in ourselves, maybe. And I think Esther with her youth and, and uh, you know her being a new queen and knowing what happened <laughs> to the previous queen, um, you know, I, I think she would have been like a lot of us, where she's very reluctant to do anything about it. Like I think a lot of us, and maybe you've seen this, Johanna, where we're like, well, you know, what can I do about homelessness, or what can I do about world hunger, or yeah. what can I do about my family, or you know, and we we question really what role we can play in making a difference in anybody's lives. And I think Esther certainly felt that yeah well you mentioned the previous queen right there uh queen vashti Mm. um and you didn't have as much time to talk about that but i mean she certainly displayed some of her own bravery in a lot of ways oh my gosh i mean vashti i think i could do a whole sermon on her just her bravery and maybe you could speak to this a a little bit johanna but you know i think sometimes especially in our culture it seems like women are so sexualized they always have been but in our culture we see it so much like we try to we you know we want women to have more rights and have more of a say and have more of a platform but then they're so over sexualized and this is literally her husband wanting to display her to all of his friends and like how humiliating would that be like how humiliating I think she was put in a position that was like really difficult to her. And even though she grew up in Persia, she was from there. And probably that was probably the culture. She was used to all these displays of 
her husband. I think that she was so brave just to stand up for herself mm. and for what she believed was the right thing to do, and and she's risking it all here, and and she's losing it all if you see it in a worldly perspective. But I feel like that that's something so honorable what she did, and is a great example for. I mean, the guys got so worried about what she did because yeah. like they're like, oh my gosh, all the ladies are gonna go crazy. Mm. But like, um, it's a it's an excellent example of that you can actually stand up for what you believe in, and you know, not not everything's gonna be bad. Mm. Yeah, and part part of the like what Johanna said, part of the um, the concern that they had was, well, if she being your wife is gonna disobey you, then all the women of the kingdom are gonna disobey their wives, <laughs> and you know, we see this with Xerxes very, you know, wanting to guard you know, his power and his authority. And, but yeah, I mean, you've got to give it up to Vashti. I mean, my gosh, to stand up, not only to her husband, who really was shaming her in so many ways, but to stand up to Xerxes, I mean, Mm -hmm. to the most powerful man in the world, surely she knew that it wouldn't end well. Mm. Is there, is there anything that we can assume about what happens to Vashti? Cause she kind of just disappears from the story or is that just, do we not know? Well, they say to put her out, so they put her away. I I mean, we can only speculate that oftentimes queens would have, um, they were allowed to have like different, um, they were in charge of different domains or different, you know, counties or cities or areas or whatever. And so I would assume that he probably like put her off in one of the estates somewhere, um, like what King Henry used to do with his wives that he got tired of. He would like send them away, but... um, but I, I don't we know that she wasn't killed because that wasn't mm-hmm. the conclusion. So at least he had a little bit of mercy. But I, I think she was just banished from court and mm. and from the palace and probably just sent away. Mm. Um, you know, hopefully he took care of her. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, an- another part of what you guys talked about on Sunday that I wanted to hit on was was the idea of fasting. And mm. fasting is a big buzzword right now because it's an easy way to lose weight. Um, yeah. Just stop eating. But that wasn't its original purpose. Mm. And, uh, and so you said that the purpose of fasting, uh, one of the reasons we should fast is when we need a miracle. And so w- what are some of the other examples? Where, how did you draw that explicit purpose? Well, cause we see that in the scriptures. I mean, we, we see it throughout the Bible where, um, Fasting wasn't like an everyday thing, um, but it was a thing where when we really need to seek God or hear from God or needed something special, like something out of the ordinary, we fast. And even Jesus talked about, you know, how we fast and why we fast when he was talking about the Pharisees that would, you know, they would make sure everybody knew that they were fasting. They'd walk around going, oh, I'm so hungry and oh, I've lost so much weight or whatever. They're just wanting to do it for a show. But Jesus said, when you do it, you know, make sure you clean yourself up and, and you're doing it for spiritual reasons, not for the applause of people or to what you're going to gain from other people. You do it for spiritual reasons where you're truly seeking God. And I think we see certainly with the case with Esther is that before she did anything, before she did anything, made any decision, she called for a fast, not only for her, for um, her people, but also for Mordecai and the Jewish people. Mm. Yeah. And something else that's interesting there is, is, uh, you know, God is never explicitly mentioned in the book of Esther. I know you touched on that. 
And so, but for me, it, it's the combination of those two things because fasting wasn't just something that you chose to do. Um, it was an, it was a direct call on God. And so I just found it interesting that you've got this explicitly spiritual idea in a book that has no spiritual language. And so it makes you wonder why, why, <laughs> yeah. I think if you, if you think, um, it's probably not explicit in the book, but if you think of what Esther, the way that she was raised, she was raised um, learning in Torah and like reading the scripture. And so she learned all those stories where uh, God's people fasted before like a battle or like a breakthrough. And then, and then you see God showing up in a mighty way. So this is this is the only thing she has so far up until now. She's like all these stories and like, okay, it's gonna be true. So I'm gonna put it to a test, you know? I like let's all fast because of course if I'm gonna starve myself, my friends are gonna starve with me. <laughs> and let's all like fast and pray. And and then you see the outcome and you see God's favor mm. on her. Well, yeah. too, and, and I think with this situation, too, um, like what Johanna said about the way she was raised, like, even as Christians, like, we don't have to mention God every day. We live, we're, the goal is to live yeah. God, mm. like, to live out our lives. Like, it's, so I think it wasn't a part of Esther's life. It was her life. That's who she was. That's mm -hmm. what she, that was her default setting, mm. you know? It's like, because she grew up, like what Johanna said, like, knowing the Lord, she would have celebrated all the feasts and and done all the things that she needed to do as as a jewish girl even though she's in a land that was very polytheistic she still clung to god and mm -hmm. so i don't think she had to mention god because she she was i almost feel in some sense like she was god's representative and i think that's what mordecai was telling her like god put you in your spot yeah. as queen like god placed you there you're <laughs> there for such a time as this and so I think even if we don't mention God, like that's part of having God's presence within us is that we, not that we're God, but we take God everywhere we are. God is everywhere, but, but we're his representatives no matter where we're at, mm. even in a foreign land that, that doesn't worship the same God. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think for her, um, it was just like her default setting because that's who she was. Mm. So something that I want to circle back around to is is just the level of courage that Esther showed, because something that that isn't always talked about is their relationship may not have been in the best state. Well, I mean, yeah, you can I think you can read into it a little bit like that, because Esther states that, you know, whenever she Mordecai told her to talk to the king because of this decree that was put out to literally kill all the Jews. The first thing that Esther is like, there is no way like that cannot happen. I, you know, I cannot be called. I cannot talk to him without him, you know, requesting me. And then she mentioned something that's interesting, which, you know, it bothered her because she stated it, that he hasn't called for me in over 30 days. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that it was against the law for anybody to just go before the king without being summoned. She states that as well in the text, that it's against the law. Yeah. And yet she was really willing to risk it. And, and we know how, 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 how bad it was and how scared she was because she says what? 
if I die, if I die, I die. I die. Like yes. that's how. Like that's how extreme it was. She couldn't She's even talk to her husband. Ready. Yeah. She's like, well, if I die, I die. Like, she literally was scared that talking to her husband she'd be killed. It's mm. crazy. I hope I'm never in that position though. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. Yeah, and so and so the other thing that uh, that Joanna mentioned was uh, was this was this idea that you know we we always find ourselves in different stages of life and sometimes uh we're called to be the esther and sometimes we're called to be the mordecai what mm-hmm. did you mean by that well we we see this mordecai as a great helper to esther and a great mentor and and we see esther as this brave and obedient person who's taking those steps of faith and i see throughout our life we are in different seasons and sometimes we get to be mordecai to someone god is gonna put you in that position to be mentoring someone and empowering and encouraging someone to just to follow what god has for their lives and then in other seasons you get to be esther and just you're gonna have to be brave and say well Mm. if i die i die god is requesting this from me so i'm gonna just take that that step but just whatever season we're in just make sure to pay attention to the greatest helper and mentor that we have which is the holy spirit which is the one who's gonna reveal in which he's in which season you are and and what you're supposed to do next so you know what I just thought about, Jason? It's like, w- what's interesting when it comes to like the depth of her faith and Mordecai's faith is like our big decisions are, am I going to read my Bible? Am I going to go to church or not? Yes. Am I going to pray today? Am mm-hmm. I? Their decisions are these huge steps of faith for God of like, it's going to cost me not just 10 minutes or 20. Like, it, it can cost me my life. And so you see a different depth to their trust, their faith, because they had to take these steps of that were life or death. Ours are yeah. like, well, am I going to miss my Netflix show or am I going to miss my kid's sports event on Sunday or whatever it is? But they literally, their decisions could cost them their life. And sometimes we're sacrificing our feelings, literally our flesh. It's just like I'm reading, and, and I think we mentioned this on Sunday. I'm reading the scripture, but nothing's happening, you know, and I'm sacrificing. I don't feel like nothing mm-hmm. is changing, nothing's shifting. I don't see God working in my life. But, like, if, if you remember, like, Esther was, well, wait, it doesn't say in the book, but, like, when she was raised as a Jew, she was, like, reading the Word, and probably nothing was shifting in her life, and the breakthrough seemed like, not there not hope and and at some point you know that seed gives fruit so just stay focused Mm. stay obedient keep coming to church keep reading your word and and god is gonna god is showing up and god is doing something it's just you're not seeing it yet but it is there yeah yeah no as soon as you said you know these things were just givens for her and what we hear about is the outflowing of that the first thing i thought of was like the early church there's like three, there's three sentences towards the beginning of Acts where it just lists, you know, they spent time together, they did this, they did this, they did this. Mm, Two forty-two, yeah. Yeah, and they, they, and it, it, it's it's almost like, yeah, of course they did that. Now here's what happened because of that, and so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a difference when, you know, it, and the, that's really the goal with Christianity and drawing close to God is like where it becomes a lifestyle. It's not a hobby. It's not a mm-hmm. habit. It's not a religion where we just practice our religion. 
it's our lifestyle. Like that's why Jesus died, like for us to have yes. a lifestyle of, of, of living out our faith. Yeah. So looking forward to next week, uh, we've got, we've got on Sunday, you're going to be talking about a certain warrior. We are. Yeah, we are. All right. Do we want to give that out right now? No. All right. Well, then you guys will have to be here in person or on stream at newhopeeastlake.org to see or, or, or see in person who we're going to be talking about. It's going to be really great. Pastor Rick, Miss Joanna, thank you guys for joining me here today. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, how exciting. Our podcast, Ooh. like, so fun. Our first episode ever, so subscribe, follow and us let everywhere. Me say, yeah, let me say, too, like, the first two weeks, we had CC and Johanna mm-hmm. do part of the message, and they've done an incredible job. Like, it's so exciting, and um, I'm really excited a- about the future of seeing other women teach at our church, and just, uh, yeah, it's been a great addition to the service, and um Several people have told me that I might be out of a job soon, so <laughs> that's good news. And we got some good speakers on staff. We do. All right. Well, thank you guys again, and uh, have a great day. Yes.